technical difficulties over here. <laughs> All of this new technology that comes out and then like at the last minute you're trying to figure out what, you know, like some extra option and it doesn't work and it's like, yo, the whole world's gonna end. Indeed, the whole world ends. What's up everybody, it's your boy Angel R Talk. On this episode of Not Just NYC, I am joined by my good friend, Jabron Maddock. This guy wears many hats. He is a Muslim American Pakistani rapper. Really good actually, I've listened to his music, I'm a big fan. He's an actor, he's a music producer, an engineer, he's an entrepreneur, a landlord, an author, and he also has an app out there called Artists Connect App. We're gonna have a great conversation. Some people think that ISIS is gone. The president would have you believe that ISIS is gone, but they're not gone. We're gonna talk about that topic and more. We are NYC talking. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. Without further ado, allow me to introduce King Sage. Hey, what's up, man? You know, I wanted to bring you on because, you know, we've we've spoken about this many times before. You and I have yeah. had, we've talked for hours, right? I have never had a problem with Muslim. Yeah. When you have a group like ISIS, right, these guys are out there. And, I mean, we, we go to the situation that happened um, with uh, James Foley. This man was, was murdered by a, a, a um, as far as I, I, I understood, it was a, a British rapper. So a British rapper, you know, um, was the one who went over there and, and joined, you know, joined these radicals and, and killed this guy. So yeah. that, you know, that just makes you think like anybody could can do it. This this applies, I mean, to anything, though. Right. I mean, you know, somebody gets killed and they say, oh, my God, he was such a nice neighbor. He was so quiet. I guess it's not something that just applies to any one group. Naturally, um, they're going to get much more of the spotlight. You know, these these terrorists doing yeah. things and it's going to put people in general on high alert. You yeah, know? and 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 I've never, like I said, I've never had any problems with Muslims. This is me. This is my own personal view, and and I've been attacked for it, and that's fine. Everybody's gonna have their own views. Uh-huh. Uh, however, after seeing something like that, it it makes me nervous. It makes me suspicious. It makes me, you know, it makes me worried. You know, um, you don't you don't know who's who. You know, I mean, yeah. As, yeah. as a you know as a as a Muslim American yourself, like how how do you feel? How does this you know, how does this make you feel? You know, it, I never heard of this phenomenon. Now, of course, I know from Muslim history that there was a caliphate, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um, actually, the last official caliphate was the Ottoman Empire, which was uh, ended in on World War One. But I mean, that was that was the last time that there was a, a unified monarch, like how the Vatican is, uh, you know, the monarch for all Catholics. The Vatican would be the equivalent of what the caliphate was supposed to be, minus all the bloodshed and torture. It's not supposed to be like that. I mean, there were the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, where everybody was killing everybody. But we, as a people, I'm talking about as human beings, we've advanced from that era and we survived it. This radical group is like some, it's like a fantasy. It's like some twisted, nasty, you know, evil fantasy that has a lot of appeal for like rebellious 
teenagers and people in their early 20s that have this kind of idea that they want to be part of something and maybe they feel ostracized by American or British society um, and they want to go and do this. Now, I don't, I've never heard in any mosque here, I'm talking about me, myself, I'm not saying it's not happening, of course it's happening, but here in New York, they never spoke about it. Even up until this new mosque that I go to here in Queens, I've been going there for a couple of years, every single Friday, all they talk about is, you know, good deeds and doing the right thing, trying to get into heaven, to have good manners, that's the best thing you can do, all this stuff. Never nothing political, nothing anything like this. As a matter of fact, the only political thing I've ever heard was uh, when the whole thing was happening in Gaza, when that whole thing went down, um, they only did one uh, speech on one of the Fridays that they said that if you want to help the Muslim people, become better Muslims, have better character, smile to your neighbors, have better deeds, and then maybe God will turn the situation around and help us out. And stop blaming Israel. Stop blaming the Jewish people for all your problems. I swear to God, I'm not lying to you. This was the speech. And that was the only thing that they ever spoke about when it came to Gaza. So looking at that and then looking at what I see on TV, it bothers me too. Because now people are going to start looking at me thinking that, well, I mean, it could be anybody. A terrorist can be anybody. And it's true. Anybody can, you know, go home and go online and just become radicalized. And it sucks. And I don't know what to do about it. I mean, as a Muslim, I'm worried about it as much, if not even more, than anyone else because of the fact that it's not just my safety that's in question for speaking out as a as a Muslim that doesn't believe in such things, but also who's going to trust me from the other side. I'm an American. I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud to be Muslim. But now who's going to be my friend? I mean, I'm being ostracized from both sides, and I have and I have no way out. Like, who's going to? Who's going to look at me and be like, nah, nah, he's a good guy. I mean, this is making it, it's, it's making it bad. I mean, it's, it reminds me of, it's similar to like how, situation. yeah, like in World War II, when they made the internment camps for the Japanese in America because they didn't know who to trust, even the moderates. I mean, right, right. It's now you look back and, you know, any politician would say that was a dark time in our history, but there's many Japanese that are probably still traumatized by it from that generation that feel like they were ostracized from their country. I mean, it's a tough situation. It's just, it's not easy. I consider myself a very reasonable individual. I, and and I, I believe that, you know, there is bad and there is good in every group. You know, you have, you have guys like these extremists. You're conquered. The yeah. law will be implemented. And now I don't know how true this is, but you will not be forced to become Muslim, but you will then have to pay the taxes and whatever else the Sharia law indicates but the belief is that the law will be implemented worldwide and that's that's the belief um that's a pretty extreme view wouldn't you agree i mean <laughs> of course it is it's uh it's a it's a crusader point of view i mean back in the crusades the mentality was at least even for christians uh, the templar knights and the church used to force people to convert or die as a matter of fact there was no tax or anything like that in the spanish inquisition Hundreds of thousands of Jewish people were, were uh, I, don't, I can't even get into what kind of torture and what kind of things that they went to uh, through. And uh, all they had to do was convert to Christianity to be saved, but they wouldn't do it because, you know, they don't want to abandon their culture and their beliefs. So this crusader mindset is indicative of interpreting religion as the end all be it all. You know, and some people argue that they say, well, Islam is like that, you know, as it's the text and the Quran says all that. 
And that's all misinterpreted. It, it can be misinterpreted so many different ways, just like any text can be misinterpreted um, and taken to be, you know, something that you have to do right now, as opposed to something that was in history that happened, you know, a thousand years ago plus. So these people, they have a language and a mindset that is very, you know, their, their, their interpretation of Islam is so off and so rugged and so they're so fixated on their understanding of what they want it to be that there's no, I'm, I, and I have to say this, there's no negotiating with these people. Either they change the way they understand religion and life or these, these people are always going to be a problem and they can, they have to get removed. And I mean, the people that are fighting against us, obviously we have to fight back and destroy and get rid of. But really to fix the problem from happening again, or at least reducing it down to a manageable size, meaning like, you know, you have Westboro Baptist Church. I mean, I, you know, what would you think if they were in charge of America, there wouldn't be any gay marriage. I don't even know what would happen to gay people. I don't even know what would happen to people that were different or non-Christian if the Westboro Baptist Church was in charge. But they'll never get to that point, thank God, because... In America, we're knowledgeable and we're educated to the point where people like that will never be able to grow in size. You know what I mean? People are much more educated and they know that something like that is like ridiculous. Um, but you know, people like Anjum Chowdhury and the like, they're growing because of the fact that Muslims themselves have never, it's been like a closed source. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with like the, the, the Protestant Reformation and stuff, but like, you know, when the church, before the Bible was ever printed, um, there was only one way to understand God, and it was through the church and their interpretation of the Bible. And it wasn't until the Bible was printed that people themselves started to read it themselves and say, well, listen, it doesn't say that, it doesn't say this, and it doesn't mean this, and it doesn't mean that. And then the church, the official church would be like, you don't know what you're talking about, we know the Bible, we know God, and da-da-da-da-da, and then you have the split. So in a similar fashion, not exactly the same, but in a similar fashion, Muslims themselves didn't have access to their own religion as far as understanding. They didn't know what to do with people like this because they seem more religious than we are. But now that we are able to check the history and check the the, the context and check the meanings behind uh, the verses and things of that nature, now we're starting to see as moderate Muslims and as Muslims that are looking for the real reasons behind uh, you know, the certain sayings in our religion and stuff like that, the real points and the real history behind it, we're starting to see the real picture, and it's it's completely different than people but, uh, like Un- Unjum Chaudhary and the like and what they interpret Islam to be. And I would say that they're as much of a threat to Islam as they are to anyone. You know what I'm saying? And and as well, Muslims, they, kill. Be, they don't they don't yeah. just kill they don't just kill Americans, right? I watched um, a Vice documentary, and when they captured their enemy soldiers, I heard a guy say, "Oh, we're gonna cut your head off with a knife." And these were other Muslims that they they captured, exactly. you know, the um, so you're, you're correct in saying that these these particular extremists don't they will not just um, hurt Americans or any other, you know, Western folks. They will kill Muslims. They, they will kill whoever is not following their rules. The, the, the documentary was I, I watched this and it was frightening that the, the, the yeah. guy stopped a couple in the street. He called the man over. He said, is that your wife? Yes. Have her change the fabric of her of her veil. Have her change this because this isn't it doesn't fit the rules. I mean, it's a very tight 
tight leash. And if you know, this is what the gentleman said. Call him a gentleman. I use the term loosely. This is what the guy said. He said, we ask them nicely. We tell them to obey. If they don't obey, we force them. This is the way it is. We tell them nicely. And if they don't obey, we force them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's not just a threat to, uh, to us or. Yeah. Nah, it, it has to be stopped. It has to be stopped. And, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it is, it's, you know, our policies as well. I'm not saying it creates it. It doesn't create it. It was there, but it, it gives it, it gives these people the ability to get to this size. You know what I mean? I mean, we funded Al Qaeda, you know, in the eighties to fight against communism, to, to, you know, to, to fight back against Russia. We didn't get directly involved, but we indirectly got involved. And then the blowback from that was Al Qaeda. Now, Al Qaeda was going to exist no matter what, because they think like that. There's so many radical groups around the world. But 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 we interfere without thinking things through sometimes. And I think we have to change our policies because now we finance um, another radical group in Syria, or at least we want them to win a rebel group. And then we come to find out that that was actually ISIS. But we didn't know that when we wanted them to liberate Syria from Assad and to to fight back and to create some sort of uh, hope for the for the rebels, you know, the people that were fighting back. And the same thing with Egypt. We wanted the Muslim Brotherhood to win. And then once they came into power and we saw that they weren't willing to listen, you know, we kind of didn't want them there. And now we have someone who will listen. So we need to, as a superpower, you know, we have a lot of responsibility and we have to deal with the world because the world wants to deal with us. But we have to be very careful in how we deal with individuals and we need to think things through more often so that we don't create any blowback or any situations where some of these small groups that appear to be acting like they're fighting for justice and fighting for the people don't are not really the people that we're going to end up having to fight later on. You know what I mean? Right, right. I've, I've, I, I personally have always equated governments and um, this type of thing to, to the streets. I grew up in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in the hood, we got what we call street politics, you know, you have, yeah. you have, I mean, and, and, and it, it's, it applies all across the scale. It, it, it applies even in something as simple as a, a little click of friends, you know, like, like who you back, um, exactly. you know, who you side with in a debate. Maybe, maybe you and your homeboys are having an argument and, you know, one of your, one of your boys decides to pull away from the group and now he starts his own group and all the knowledge you guys share together, he uses it against you. So it, it's, it can happen in anything, but it's on such a greater scale when, when it has to do with governments. You know, exactly. as Americans, you, myself, all of us, we don't want to see people getting slaughtered. Um, we see someone getting slaughtered and we say, hold up, you know, we have to do something to help. Unfortunately, sometimes we get involved, we help someone, but those guys turn out to be even worse. <laughs> You know, so it's it's like I I don't I don't I don't know what to do in this scenario. I mean, in in this type of this type of scenario on a global scale, you know, do we say you know let's let's just let's just focus on America and and you know, yeah, everybody else can fend for themselves. It's the 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 strong survive. I don't I don't know what the right approach is to take. Um, but but I mean, this type of scenario now where we have. We have these guys out there, and they're they're growing, 
right? We've spoken about this in the past. If you have a kid um, whose parents were unintentionally killed by an American attack, say we, you know, we're fighting the enemy, we drop a bomb and we leave a child orphaned. As far as that kid is concerned, we just killed his parents, right? Our bomb killed his parents. And this man here is telling him those guys are evil. Those guys are evil. Now that kid is going to grow up and he's going to be an extremist, right? We've, we've spoken yeah. about this. This is not everybody, but a lot of people don't have uh, Twitter, Facebook, you mm-hmm. know, all these things to, to get different points of views, right? You're only going to get what you get. And brainwashing is a very powerful thing. You know, if you, if you tell someone some, something from a very young age, they're going to believe it, especially when they have such material proof like, I mean, you know, this bomb killed your parents. Now, maybe we were trying to attack uh, a senior leader who has killed hundreds and hundreds of, of Muslims and Americans. It wasn't intentional, but you don't know that, right? I mean, yeah. you're not you're not going to watch the news report where we say we got this, this al-Qaeda leader. The kid is not going to hear this. He's going to hear what his radical, you know, friends or whatever tell exactly. him. Exactly. Exactly. This is what I went you went to grow up with. Yeah, and when I went to um, when I went to the West Bank, you know, I have a lot of Jewish friends and Christian friends here in New York, so I'm extremely multicultural, multifaceted. I like to learn everything about everyone's culture, and I'm very inquisitive. So I went over there as an American citizen, and I had the ability to like, you know, visit you know both sides of the conflict and talk to people from both sides, and it was interesting because. I remember the, the, the Palestinian people that I spoke to, they, they really didn't know anything about America. At least they didn't know what, what the basic understanding of America was. They asked me, they were like, Oh, you're Muslim. I was like, Yeah, of course. And he was like, Yeah, that's all, that's so good or whatever. And then he's like, But how do you pray there? And I was like, What do you mean? How do I pray there? And he's like, You know, don't they try to like, you know, if they see you praying on the street or somewhere, they might try to like bother you or oppress you or something. I was like, Nah. I was like, There's no way that doesn't happen at all. It's a free country. And then he's like, okay. And this was more than one guy. They were like in shock. And then I told them like, yeah, you know, I have Christian friends and I even have Jewish friends. They were like, you have Jewish friends? And what shocked me the most was that they weren't angry. They were more in a state of like disbelief. Like they didn't know how that was possible. And that's when it hit me. I was like, these people don't know what a free society really is. Uh, They've never really been taught how this works. So they don't, how can you make someone come to peace with anyone that doesn't understand the concept? You know what I mean? How do they don't understand what that's going to be like? They don't know how that works where you live together with, with people from different cultures and different societies in peace and you interact with each other and you can learn from each other. But like you said, they know somebody, a cousin, an uncle, somebody who an IDF soldier either shot or abused and, uh, you know, and they hear that and they, you know, they blow up the story and then they tell them that as a kid. And then what do you expect them to think? I mean, a child is like a sponge. They just absorb whatever you tell them. And then, and then they grow up and they have this psychological predisposition where they feel as if I can never really be friends with you. How am I, how do I do that? It, 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 I can't work. And I, I saw that this was, this was really the, the root cause of the continuing problem in the area you know what i mean so it's 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 tough you know i started an organization uh where you know muslims jews and christians that are all of they're all for peace and interpreting uh religion and spirituality in a positive way appreciating each other's cultures and different and different uh you know ways of living um in a positive light and living together and and making that an example for anybody who's religious that we're all 
we all have our cultures and we have we have our histories and stuff and we all need to interpret them in a positive way i mean christianity came over that hurdle judaism came over that hurdle a long time ago and muslims need to come over that hurdle and they have they just haven't addressed the crazy uncle in the room and the crazy uncle represents isis al-qaeda and the like and ignoring the problem only causes it to grow even more you know what i mean and we should have isolated it it's like a cancer that kind of grew out of control and it just needs to be stopped it needs to be stopped by you know giving muslims that don't know what to do an insight on how to live as a muslim as an educated muslim as a peaceful muslim and making that a reality you know what i mean so that they can say okay well i i can do this this is this is how i can be this is the kind of muslim i want to be instead of leaving them with the alternative which is isis and the like and things like that where they think that well how am i going to be a muslim if i'm not like them i mean they're the best looking muslims they do everything that they say is they claim that this is what islam is all about if we can't give a person an alternative i mean that's what the boys and girls club was to give young people an alternative instead of joining a gang which is negative join a right. positive type of gang which is the boys and girls club and this will address the feeling of wanting to be a part of something and wanting to feel like you're part of an institution and you're and and you're with other people that are your age and things like that that's the psychological issue and muslims haven't created the grounds for muslims that don't know what to do the ability to join something that's a positive version of their interpretation rather than the negative crazy version of the interpretation that's grown out of control and that's what i'm trying to do with my organization it's called the common accord i mean i just started it and i have a few friends here in new york and they i mean we're trying to take it to the next level and if you go on facebook you can see it it's it's uh, facebook.com/thecommonaccord you'll see a small um uh brown symbol with an arabic uh word which means uh unity or alike or together which is all about explaining each other's cultures and understanding the differences and the connections and giving the grounds for us to live together peacefully and and respect and appreciate each other and that's what we're trying to do that sounds great um i'll definitely uh do my part to share it out and spread the word um mm-hmm. you know we're uh we're about running running out of time here um yeah. but uh, i wanted to thank you for coming on the show you want to let the folks know how um how they can find you if anybody wants to connect with you further um talk about this topic you know we know you're very social we're you know so so please let everybody know how they can find king sage Go to my YouTube channel, check out some of my videos under my regular uh, my name Jabron Malik, which is my my uh, my regular name King Sage is more my alias. Jabron Malik, that's G I B R A N. Uh last name M A L I K. Just search that up and check out my videos that are part of the Common Accord. And again, Facebook facebook.com/thecommonaccord. Um or you can add me as a friend on my uh regular personal page Jabron Malik. You'll see a, a picture of me with a orange color Instagram filter <laughs> to try to look a little cooler than I actually am. Um and you could you could get all about those filters. No filter hashtag. <laughs> yeah, you could get me in any of those uh on those uh markers. So www.nyctalking.com. Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R Talk on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.